Gods. Monsters. Madness. Magic all shall fall before the blades of chaos! Clapboard it. This is Monsters Madness and Magic M3 Podcast. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, TC Carson, who by now, if you have heard the intro line, <laughs> needs no introduction, but just in case you're cowering in fear, you're speaking to the God of War himself. Of course, he is a man of many talents, many other things we're going to delve into, but right off the bat, you should just go ahead and know that. And also, the third man in this, the ringleader of all this tonight, Mr. Nihilus Penguin. Go ahead, man. Take it away. Well, first again, oh, once again, Mr. Carson, uh, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Where you at, where you at man? If we got to be on camera, where you at, dude? <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, I'm a cheap bastard and don't own a webcam, so. Um... Yeah, that's some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I got lucky with this in that I had to get a production laptop and it just magically came with an HD camera. Otherwise, <laughs> I would just have some goofy Facebook people like me looking like that. <laughs> well, I see you in your closet right now. <laughs> i know this is a uh it's the most well acoustically treated room in the <laughs> not all of us can have these dulcet tones like you sir so we have to do a few acoustical tricks so uh this way i can actually have a semblance of oh, okay, okay. <laughs> nobody would know had you not told them <laughs> well dude we can see it <laughs> <laughs> <It's>, i know <laughs> first of all you know how are you doing today I mean, obviously, you know, you live in the same world we do and are probably, you know, privy to all the things that are going on. Uh, how do these times find you? Well, I'm looking at it like this right now. This is what it is. It's not going to change anytime soon. We're probably going to be in this until 2022, the way it's going. So my gig right now is to figure out how do I have a life within this? How do I keep myself safe and still have some semblance of a life during this time period? So I'm just, you know, figuring it out, man. I wear my mask. I wear my gloves. You know, I see my people. We stand six feet apart. I'm trying to get the social interaction in play again, you know, with the restrictions that we have. And we can do it. We just have to do it differently. We can't do what we used to do. So I'm of the mindset right now. I'm just working to find that, find that balance for myself, you know, um, with everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. um, our political landscape is what it is. I'm going to vote the way I vote in the in November, and hopefully that changes it. Uh, where are you? Uh, where are you located? Like, are I'm you in, in a big metropolitan area, or I'm in Atlanta. Oh, oh, hell! You just ATL. a couple of hours from us. Damn, <laughs> we're over here in Augusta. Oh, okay. Oh, Georgia. What's up, Georgia? Well, I, I'm. I say Augusta. I'm actually right across the river. I'm in Aiken. But, okay. Uh, I, I think all three of us are. But yeah, I, I didn't realize you were in Atlanta. So yeah, we yeah. we are darn close to. Yeah, I know what you're going through, man. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, you know, and I, I choose not to be get myself worked up about it because I have been worked up about it and that did nothing for me. And so I'm working to figure out what do you, what can you do to make yourself comfortable, to make yourself feel good during this time period? Because if you're not feeling good, the angst, the stress, the nervousness all works on your system. It all works on your body and it, it, it will get you sick. And with COVID out right now, and I'm of that age bracket where, you know, I'm not trying to catch that shit. <laughs> so I try to keep myself as, as positive as possible, and hopefully that keeps my immune system as, pop, as functioning as it can. It's so refreshing to actually hear that, it just, <laughs> just to hear an adult, no matter, as you said before, I mean, it doesn't even matter opinion or not, but just to hear somebody actually being positive about this. This is two. We've had two so far in the past two weeks. You and another gentleman who have just actually been positive for once, <laughs> and I just got to say it is quite refreshing. Thank you. Because, <laughs> I mean, you know, I look at it this way. You can make up a lot of shit. You can sit in your mind and make up a whole bunch of doom and gloom. But if you're going to make it up, why not make up some positive shit? It's all made up. Right. So if you're going to make it up, then let's err on the side of being positive and happy. It's and I feel like that's a lesson it. that a lot of us could benefit from. Should we take the effort to learn it? Yeah. I mean, you're from around here. I mean, we all had the grandmas. You can't say nothing nice. Don't say nothing at all. <laughs> I mean, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you are located in Atlanta now, uh, as you said. You actually, uh, if I'm, my notes are correct, you, uh, you had a uh, jazz show in 2019 uh, in Atlanta not too long ago. Yes, I did. I usually try to perform my music around my birthday, which is in November. So we um, try to have some type of performance. I was actually, I had actually planned to go to that performance. Oh, and wow. unfortunately, because I work in the medical industry for a day job, they put me on call. So I'm like, really, universe? Just, you know, you <laughs> just kind of shit in my mouth on this. Uh, <laughs> And I actually had anxiety about going to that show because I'm like, you Why? know, I am going to be the only guy there with a God of War t-shirt and probably a copy of the first game to get autographed. People are going <laughs> to, and if, and in the off chance, I actually get to meet this gentleman. He's going to take one look at me and be like, this, this guy doesn't know anything about jazz. It's just, <laughs> he's not here for this music. He just, you know. It's all good. You came to see me. It's all good. That is true. That's true. <laughs> do you, uh, do you have a lot of fans that recognize you for, uh, your voice work from the game that approach you in real life ever or yeah i do actually more than i would i mean game world for me was a surprise i never expected to get the um type of accolades and the type of um acceptance and um yeah from from fans from, i from think game. that it is a uh, I can confidently say as a uh and i'm going to say this before either of my colleagues you know jumps in because they've known me for many years and i uh my appreciation and affection is for the series of god of war border on uh religious fanaticism <laughs> so um just just, just, well, uh, I'll put it like this. I'm almost relieved that I don't have the camera because uh, <laughs> every tattoo that I currently have, barring the uh, quarter sleeve on my arm, is related to God of War in a way. Get out of here. No, seriously. I, it, like Hand of we, God. We've been big. Like We've been into fitness and wrestling for a long time. Just the, the guy stuff. Uh -huh. But for about as long as I've known this dude, I have jokingly called him Kratos. Like that, <laughs> there, It is like it's the, the mega fans status here so yeah he's he's not lying <laughs> no i um i have, I have a question been then. I, I have sure. a question. what about the series really draws you what what makes you really like it the way you do initially um being a child of the 80s and a slasher fan you know it was the gore you know but i have always been fascinated by greek mythology you know i used to watch you know the hercules uh, show but not because i enjoyed it i mean it was fun for what it was but i honestly just enjoyed pointing out all right that's inaccurate that didn't happen that's not what the mythology says um i honestly didn't expect the first game to take me by storm the way it did you know the character the way he was written and in no small part your performance he just seemed like you know this person who was not going to let outside forces determine his fate and he had an indomitable will and he was going to see the end of his journey come one way or another and if that meant ripping down olympus by the pillars which he damn sure did uh yeah and i was there for every second of it, it i can a modern definitely... conan right yeah more or less you know uh he definitely uh it was definitely inspiring and like uh daniel did mention um one of my personal goals is to cosplay you know greek era kratos you know at a, a comic convention at some point which i have been punishing myself in the gym since 2012 i'm almost there if i can get abs you know then next year you know or you know next year the year after with all this you know stuff blows over i uh i just hope that my uh my portrayal will honor the uh the performance i told Come you baby. <laughs> <laughs> you go you go as kratos and i told you i'll be aries so i mean that's that's the deal because if you're gonna be skeletor and i'm gonna be he-man you go as kratos and i'll be aries or whatever bad guy you want me to be i may hold you to that <laughs> right but uh and then again the fact that he's a spartan and i again greek mythology i've always admired the spartans for uh just again an indomitable will we uh they were soldiers i served in the military myself for six years just uh it's it's very inspiring personally to me it kind of sometimes it just you know it's just that ideal that inspiration that keeps you going i don't really like to deal in motivation too much but it's because it's fleeting it's never there when you need it inspiration is what you know it lasts it has staying power and it will carry you you know further than a lot of things Cool. I feel like you're interviewing me right now, and I feel really <laughs> awkward. And I'm again relieved that I don't have the camera. Did, so. you, did you feel me flip it? Did you feel just me a flip? little bit? Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> what, what? that was smooth too. Can yeah. I ask how did you end up getting into the light? Because I do want to hit on you do jazz and you're a vocalist. I will be. I'm a composer, so I'm coming back to this eventually. I want to know more about this. But if you don't mind me asking, like, yeah, how did we get all of a sudden to Kratos and we're ripping the heads off? mythological creatures. I mean, just kind of what got you into the game, into doing voiceover stuff? Was real, it, did you wake easy. up and decide it? Or? No, 
don't know, it's real easy. I, like, I wanted to do voiceovers for a while. So I got an agency and I got the audition. And I went and did the audition. They said, cool, you're going to be the dude. I was like, okay, cool. Just, said, just like that. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I hadn't done many games before. You know, I had, had, had done some, but I hadn't done anything where I was the main character. Right. You know? um, and so Kratos, Kratos was really an interesting character for me to voice for a lot of different reasons. Um, first, it was the first time I'd ever in, uh, voiced somebody that, that was that intense. Yeah, yeah, that big, that big. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, I think the le- the game the last game I voiced for them it was during a time period in my life was really really bad and to be able to go into the voiceover booth and use all of that anger and frustration and put it into him and it was it was kind of cathartic for me I could go in I could dump and they'd be like yeah. <laughs> and then I would leave and I would feel better, you know. So um, Kratos was a, I, I worked through a lot of issues with him. I'm noticing a theme so far. You know, you seem to be a person that will take the negatives and flip them into positives. Well, what else is there to do? <laughs> Wise. Like, you, know, you, it, in, you have my admiration because that's just something that I am still struggling to learn. Well, it's just, a, it's, a, it's a different choice. You can choose something different. And that's what I've learned um, from seeing my therapist and meditating. And, you know, it's like you can, there's always another choice. Yeah, you could be angry, you could be depressed, but you can choose to be something else. And it that's really it. is, as hard as it is, it's that simple. Right. You know, it's you hard have, to, oh, to fix your mind to be something else. But it's real easy to go, oh, I don't want to do that. Let's do this. And in a, after a while, that becomes habit and you don't stay in the dark place. You always go to the light of place. I am hoping to uh, develop that skill one day. But uh, You can do it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, going back to music real quick, I did not realize that you were an accomplished jazz musician. Um, I think that, well, again, my first exposure to your, your acting and you overall was like most people's living single. That was just a, a Thursday night ritual when it aired. It was like you know martin at eight living single at eight thirty, okay. and uh i think that the first time i actually heard you know your musical ability was in i don't remember the name of the episode your character kyle performed my funny valentine on this uh-huh. show now you did you ever actually uh formally record that on any of your records um yeah there i have two albums out right now and um one of them is an all original album called truth mm-hmm. and i did that with andre simone we wrote everything on that album and then the second one is um, T.C. Carson Live in Beverly Hills. And it's a um, combination album. Some of the stuff from the Truth album and then some jazz standards that we did as well. And My Funny Valentine is one of those songs we did on. Okay, okay. Are you a musician? or Because uh, a preamble that we have here, it says you're a vocalist and stuff, but are you a musician as well? No, I don't play. I play at the piano. I don't really play the piano. Okay. <laughs> I, in jazz, that takes just as much, if not more, con- concentration. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> I consider myself a musician because a vocalist, to me, is a musician. You make music with your voice. Definitely. Yeah. So, um, but as far as instrumentation, no, I do not play. Oh, okay. That, all the better. Less to pack up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that you don't have to be in a closet. <laughs> For the kids watching at home, yes, I am sitting in a closet. (laughs) (laughs) Or the kids listening at home because I won't allow the video out. (laughs) Terrence, was there a specific film or performance that you saw when you were younger that just floored you and said, I'm doing that, I got to get into the arts, I got to get on stage or something, I got to start singing? Well, I used to watch musicals all the time. And so to see, you know, Elvis and um, Fred Astaire and, and Sammy Davis Jr., all those people, they really showed me that that was kind of what I wanted to do. Um, when you think about Gregory Hines and Andre DeShields, all those great theater actors, and they were triple threats. They sang, they danced, and they acted. Right. And that was what I kind of wanted to be. I wanted to make sure that I could do everything. So if I stepped on stage, whatever they asked me to do, I could make it happen, or at least look like I could make it happen. Right. God, I haven't heard Triple Threat in a long time. So, holy crap! Just perusing on your IMDb, dude. Your mace window. <laughs> Damn! Look, when TC Carson does voiceover, it's gonna be a bad motherfucker. That's just I mean, the end of the day. That's just the be all end all. He don't, you know. I didn't know. I had no clue. That's awesome. <laughs> 
If he's not killing gods, he's, you know, mowing down Sith. All right, that's all. Just, I had no clue. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> what got you into that? And did, were you, again, was it just got an agent and they asked you to come in and read for it? Or? Yeah, they were looking for somebody. I did a lot of um, Sam Jackson sound alikes. Oh, okay. And so they were looking for somebody that was close to him. But once I got the gig, the director was like, well, yeah, but nah, we just want you to be, understand Ooh. who Mace is. But then what is your take on that? Really? Yeah. In a Star Wars property? Like, I have heard they are, like, notorious for not allowing any deviation whatsoever from, like, character arcs and stuff. That's cool. I mean, it, was, it wasn't a deviation from the character arc, but the voicing of him. Oh, okay. Yeah, the voicing of who he was. They kind of let me basically morph into what was the sound that we were looking for. Because when I first got the gig, I was working to sound more like Sam. Mm -hmm. And then the director was kind of getting me to get away from that and kind of figuring out what Mace is in this um, instance. And so that's how we came up with who he is in, in the Star Wars um, cartoon. Right. Oh, you you have a very calming way about your voice because y'all, I think of when you think of Sam Jackson, it's a Sith, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I did a few of those. I did. A few of those. <laughs> oh, I would love to get my hands on those takes. God, yeah, if we could get those outtakes. <laughs> <laughs> Were you uh, ever allowed? any like or were you given a lot of leeway with kratos's character like you said you know they gave you you know kind of space to work with with mace windu were you given that or were you like did you inject anything into kratos's character arc that might have affected the way that they wrote him i don't think i injected anything into his arc i don't think they were really clear about what he they wanted him to sound like until they had oh wow so you molded him essentially yeah, I, I i believe so i believe so um yeah, yeah, because they were, I, I don't think they knew what, I don't think they expected God of War to be what it is. Yeah, I can tell, like, if you play the first game, you can kind of <laughs> tell, like, and that's that's not being mean, it, it, it really does feel like that, that they really had, they had no clue that it was going to be, that it was really going to change the paradigm of action platforming games. It yeah. just, it felt that way. Now, by the third one, oh, they knew full damn well what they were doing. But yeah, that first one, yeah, you could kind of tell it was, it was a little rough shot. It was wonderful. But yeah, <laughs> you could tell they had no clue Pandora's box, quite literally, that they opened Pandora's box. Yeah. So yeah, um, I, I think I was very instrumental in shaping what he was. Um, going back to Living Single for a minute, the final season, your character departed, and I know that you've done, you know, a few interviews where you discuss what really happened. Can we touch on that a little bit? Uh, and, you know, sure. I got fired. Shit happened. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> but uh, the, the circumstances around it, you know, from what I understand were, I mean, I'm just going to be honest, they were fucked up. It was just, you know, completely well, fucked up. I think it is is with any institution, when your employees have issues and you don't like your employees having issues and there's always one person who speaks for the group then you figure that that's the person you need to get rid of you cut the head off and then the rest of them will be okay and um we it wasn't really like that for us every decision we made was a group decision i was just spokesperson but every decision we made was a, a vote through all of us. We never did anything unless we all agreed to do it. But I think at the time, uh, I'm gonna say it like this, we weren't supposed to have that much power. Black people in this business were not supposed to be like that. We were, we were supposed to shut up and do your job. And mm. the fact that we had an opinion, the fact that we had um, ideas about who we needed to be didn't sit well sometimes. You know? And so I, find that, I find that a little shocking. And um, I mean, again, you know, this, this series has been, it's what, 20, over 20 years old now. God. But w when all of this went down. Um, no, right? I'm an old ass motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> 20 years. Your word's not mine. I'm not going <laughs> to say that. I don't want smoke with Kratos. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what I, I think what really was kind of, you know, the, the question I had after watching a couple of those interviews, you know, because I know that you are pretty, you're still very close with Miss Erica Alexander, who played uh, Max to your, you know, to Kyle. After you were let go, any of your other co-stars, was there, was there no effort to, you know, hey, what the hell? Why did you let, you know, TC go? Uh, what the fuck? I think um, Erica spoke up, but the firing did exactly what they wanted it to do. It put fear in, in people's space. It made them decide, well, I don't want to lose my job. 
like they they fired him, they could fire me. So it did exactly what they wanted it to do. But if that, you look at the last season of Living Single, it lost something. Absolutely. No, when when your when Kyle exited, you know, for uh, in story, I think it was he went to London. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but first, it, uh, Max didn't, you know, again, Erica Alexander is a fantastic actress. I remember watching her in the Cosby show, but that the chemistry that the two of you had, you know, it was almost like watching a modern day much ado about nothing. You know, you have these two people who are so antagonistic against each other and end up finding, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, their life partner in each other. It was mm-hmm. just, you know, especially, you know, which I was happy to see that you returned for the finale, you know, when you and her on the, uh, the rooftop and you embrace her and, you know, you and I are meant to be. You know, I was just like, all right, good, satisfying arc. You know, it just, it dumbfounds me that, you know, and I understand what you're saying when, you know, these people in power, you know, make an example and, you know, everybody else has to fall in line. But considering, you know, and not trying to, you know, rank this, the cast of Living Single in, you know, tears or anything, but considering, you know, the influence and, you know, I guess for lack of a better term, power of Queen Latifah, you know, that no, nothing on that end? Well, well, you have to understand that that was no power. African-Americans in sitcom world were always considered less than, always considered disposable. So they had no power. Latifah didn't have the power. Kim Coles didn't have any power. And the show was made for them. The show was created for those two people. And they didn't have the power to say no. So the whole climate during that time, and I think it's still prevalent nowadays, is that you should be happy your work. Shut up and come and do your gig. Don't say nothing. Don't cause no problems. Come and do your job. And I, that, was the, that was the mindset during that time period. And that's the whole industry now still. Well, I, I think it's starting to change because more African-Americans are having, they have more power. They have more green lighting power. They're in charge of different things. So it's slowly changing. But back then it wasn't. I mean, Friends was the, the archetype for, I mean, I'm sorry, Living Single was the archetype for Friends. Mm-hmm. And exactly. They just had a certain amount of salary, and they gave them what a million dollars an episode. Got Near the end of the seasons, yeah. <laughs> like but it kind of is what it is, but it shows you the disparity on how the the, the talent is viewed. I mean, we had our, our cast was just as 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 great as their cast, but we were fighting for money. We were fighting for better craft service. We were fighting for better dressing room. And, and not to compare the sitcoms, but that still, even in that period in time, blows my mind because, you know, at that point, shows like Family Matters were still on the air, you know, and that was literally Black Full House. And, <laughs> and honestly, it kind of, you know, Damn. <laughs> I mean, let, let's just be honest, Jaleel White as Urkel, you know, did... He was, you know, they didn't need Michelle. I'm sorry. You know, nothing against the Olsen twins, but, you know, we got Urkel, you know. Yeah. It just, it blows my mind because it's like, you know, that show raked in viewers that had fans. It and was that targeted was a- for a younger audience, though. We have to give it that. It, agreed. Agreed. They had it because Living Single, I uh, I will be quite, I probably could count the number of episodes I watched on one hand. And that's just the growing time, the time that that was airing on television, I had moved away, like from actually viewing TV in general but i remember family matters because again it was you know targeted for kids so i i do have to get that and the fact that I mean, Jaleel white's funny as hell <laughs> yeah, yeah okay yeah i can give you that that's true uh, <laughs> living single is more of a but again that's my perspective that was just my two cents in the in the matter no i mean it's, it's family matters an observ- it's an astute observation <laughs> you stop you know? hitting the pants on the left the, the the movement is bothering me with the hangers and the, the <laughs> <laughs> i apologize <laughs> Mixed up hitting the pants when I speak. <laughs> don't don't make him use the voice. Yeah, please thank you. Please don't use the voice. <laughs> well you're um I was gonna ask now the sitcom where was was Living Single filmed in Atlanta? No, it's filmed in Los Angeles. Burbank. Oh, okay. Because I was wondering, I know there was eventually and I don't know when I started like actually hearing about like Atlanta has just started booming, like for oh yeah. Film they do a lot of filming stuff. down here right now. And I didn't know that um, because of COVID, Tyler Perry has the perfect place to be able to uh, work because he bought Fort McPherson here in Atlanta. Oh, Oh, okay. It's self-contained. There's a hospital, there's, there's restaurants, there's housing. So he can bring people in and test them. And if they're negative, they can be in the bubble and work. 
Wow. He's got a big TP glowing neon on his compound. I like it. <laughs> Dude, that's badass. So um, so you got fired from Living Single, and then in some of the interviews you said that you were blackballed yeah. uh, by Hollywood. Yeah. What the hell? That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. I look at it um, as as hurtful as it was. It all helped me grow to be the person I am today. That could have stopped me. That could have made me stop working and trying to, you know, do the do my craft and the thing that I love to do. But I decided that I was not going to let a group of people who decided they were going to do this to me to win. That's a very Kratos statement to make, sir. A very calm way to put it, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you say couldn't do what you like to do what do you like to do what what's like your passion my, my passion is my music my passion is theater uh, film and television is great because you know we get to do it and millions of people see it but i cannot tell you how many times i've worked done some scenes ah i wish i had done so and ah i missed that in theater you get to go back the next day <laughs> and implement those things you thought about so it gives you a chance to constantly work on the the, the performance, the, the person. It gives you this, the space to keep working on it. As opposed to film and television, you got to get it then. And if, if everything else worked and your performance was okay, they're going to take that clip. Because the <laughs> lights worked, the sound worked, the explosion worked. You were okay. It's all right. Credit. <laughs> <laughs> but um, theater, you get a chance to really connect. And with my music as well, you get a chance to really connect with. I think as artists, that's our gig, is to connect with people and, and usher them into a place where they may not have known they could go. We're know? the bards. That's what we do. <laughs> yes. So do you, does your preparation differ at, at all when you're preparing for theatrical and screen roles versus voice acting roles? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, there's this preparation. <laughs> um, it depends on everything is a little different depending on what it is. <laughs> uh, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Everything. So theater is a different preparation for um, There's a physical preparation that has to happen. There's a not only vocal warm up. There's a body warm up that I need to do. I don't need to do those things when I do voiceover stuff. I just need to know my lines and understand who this person is. You know, and even I don't necessarily have to really know my lines. I just need to know where this arc is because the lines are right in front of you. So you're right. reading, but you have to be able to know what this moment is so you can portray that with your voice because you're not necessarily sure how they're going to animate that. So you have to be able to get all that influence, all that inflection in your voice. So if people are just listening to it, they can still get what it's supposed to be, just in case that the visuals aren't necessarily what they need to be. Never right, had back, that problem in um, God of War, but... Back up, y'all. Hold on a second. So you ever thought about doing, like, radio drama or anything? I would love to do radio drama. I do one every year. I I have a horror troupe where I I just basically theater of the mind. I like to I create a horror story and you nothing set in stone. I'm working on a serialized drama, a low country southern gothic right now. But I mean, I, I mean, forgive me for being so forward, but with you talking about theater and you clearly know about building a character so that people can see him without actually seeing him. You could build a character with a voice. So, yeah, y'all back off for a second and just let me go ahead and ask the gentleman. <laughs> I mean, if you ever wanted to do one, would you mind if I reached out to your agent or to you see if you want to take a part in it? Whoever you got in touch with to do this, just call them and send me a script and we'll talk about it. Done. Good enough. All right, gentlemen, please carry on. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, going back to TV, um, you've got a couple of projects that are uh, coming out pretty soon if they're not already released. Could you uh, tell us about some of those? Well, there's a few things on right now. Um, Living Single is running syndication. Last Call is another um, sitcom that's running in syndication. There is a movie called Brit. Yes. It's um, dealing with a bipolar issue. Okay. And that's on BET Her. Okay. And then there is a Coins for Love, which is on TV One right now. Gotcha. And there is a web series called The Gaze, G-A-Z-E, which okay. is on YouTube right now. And the last two episodes come on next week, Thursday. What can you tell us about The Gaze? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. The Gaze I... is a, it started out as a play. A Larry Powell is a friend of mine, mm -hmm. and he wrote this play. But when COVID happened, he decided to change it. Um, to fit the times. So basically the premise is there is a theater, you know how these theater festivals happen in the summertime, right? Yeah. Everybody comes, they bring all these people in for the theater festival and all the people come in and watch. So they're doing a virtual festival. 
Oh, okay. And the gaze is the rehearsal process of this virtual festival. Okay. But not only the rehearsal process, it's the inner drama of the people in the rehearsal. Sort of like a behind the scenes, you know, look at uh, the ins and outs and the intricacies of the preparation. Yeah, and the people. It's, it's more about the people than the preparation. It's more about the people. Okay. So, And I don't want to give you much more than that. I want you to watch it. Okay, well, I'm definitely going to make an effort to do so. Um, and as far as uh, music goes, now you recorded uh, the song Come Together in 02, I believe? That was on my first album, yes, the album Truth. Okay, and that recently got a, a music video, am I correct? Yes, um, when I was watching all everything that's going on right now with Black Lives Matter and how people were so angry and everything is so divided, and I wanted to do something, but I, I didn't feel that it was prudent for me to be out marching, given my needs <laughs> and my preconditions. So, but I wanted to do something. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to have my voice heard. I wanted to do something. And I was listening to my music and I went, oh, this is a good song for that. Okay. It, it really is about people coming together and no matter what, black, white, straight, gay, young, old, it don't matter. If we come together, we can get past what this is because everything is trying to divide us right now. And it's really about us coming together. And so my and good buddy, um, Jerron, um, in Chicago, he's a wonderful filmmaker, editor. He shot the footage for me and put it together and uh, we were able to release it. And I, I felt like I was able to do something. I mean, I, I know I can't move the needle from here to here, but maybe I can move the needle from here to here. And, uh, and that's, that's something that I've spoken with, you know, amongst, you know, my circle of, you know, associates and friends or whatever. It seems like everything is out to divide us and separate us into, you know, all these little quadrants or, you know, compartmentalize us into these things. And I think that's one of the hardest things to reconcile about the current pandemic going on because it's, you know, I, I usually make this joke, you know, in a way I'm like, look, you know, if the living dead rise or the Terminators, you know, become a thing or whatever, they don't care about, you know, your orientation or how you identify what your skin color is. You're not them and they're going to take you out. And that's, you know, kind of what's going on with this pandemic right now. It's like, guys, you know, it does not care, you know, your ethnicity, <laughs> nationality, you know, who you vote for. It's a virus. Its whole purpose is to infect, destroy and move on. Yep, we yep. have to, uh, you know, as and I can't believe I'm saying this because I'm, you know, I tend to be, I'll be honest, I tend to be negative sometimes, but uh, the only way to overcome this is to come together. You know, we, we have to, you know, Spartan up and, you know, get that phalanx at frontline defense. <laughs> it is. I mean, and I think there are more, I think the media shows the division more than the come together. Please do not get me started on that. Yeah. <laughs> I truly believe that people are really, because when you see the people marching for Black Lives Matter, you see everybody. You see everybody because people are tired of, the, of what's going on in this country. It is really, this is not what America is supposed to be. This is not what y'all told me it is. <laughs> no, I know that that didn't have nothing to do with me, but still, this is, you said it was that, then we need to try to do that over there, not what we're doing right now. It's going to be one hell of a work in progress, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. We just need to get 45 out first. Once we get him out, we can move forward. <laughs> I don't know if y'all Republicans. I'm sorry if you are. Bless your heart. Oh, no, no. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, again, you know, it is, it, we here at M3, you know, we try to take a, uh, for the site, we try to take an ap apolitical stance. just Strictly apolitical on this. Because we find that, you know, and this is just maybe, I don't want to speak for my colleagues, but for me, it seems like, you know, especially in current times, so much of entertainment is kind of, I don't want to use the word infected, but it's just been kind of injected rather with, you know, sociopolitical issues. And I'm not trying to downplay the importance of them, but sometimes, you know, we need escapes, you know, we need to be able to say, you know what, this is going on and we're aware of it and we're going to do something about it. We need to do something. But right now, I just need to check out for, you know, maybe two hours and not think about things. And, you know, again, all of these things are important, but sometimes, you know, it just seems like it would be nice to just go back to the way things were and just, you know what, let's just watch a movie. You know, we don't, you know, I don't want to think about, you know, who's in the White House or, you know, what bad stuff has happened in the world. Let me check out for a second. I'll come back to that. I don't have a choice really, but, you know, let's right. just, uh, you know, well, let's just enjoy, you know, entertainment. I, I hate to, I hate to be the one to tell you, babe, but we ain't going back to nothing. <laughs> okay. I, it, it ain't going back. We need to figure <laughs> out what's ahead. True. Because we ain't, we ain't going back. Right. That, keep your mask because that's what it is right now. We're going to yeah. be in for a while. Chinese oh yeah, been wearing masks for years. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know when they go outside, they put the mask on. That's what it's going to be <laughs> in America now. You know, just got to get rid get ready for it. Um, I, I think I really think that people in this country are ready for the country to live up to the ideals that was put in front of us, that were put in front of us. And this is just my opinion. 
<laughs> but I think 45 is doing exactly what he was put in office to do. Mm -hmm. I think he was put in office to create havoc in this country. And he's doing, because he's been the same person from day one. He's been exactly who he is. I don't a leopard think, can't change his spots. I, I think that a lot of people that voted him in did not expect him to be what he is. And that's where we are right now. And I'm hoping that those people decide that they want something. That's all. Just give me something different. Well, this isn't working. Right. You got me locked <laughs> in my house. I can't go nowhere. I can't travel. They won't let us in nowhere. <laughs> you know, America is bad. Are you are you Look getting stir crazy to perform like live? Is that kind of something that's that you can do? With? Right now. There's no live performance. There's no theater. There's no live performance. There's no club work. There's nothing. There's, there's no film and television right now. Not much because they right. haven't figured out how to do it yet. So as a as an artist, this is a real lean time for me because there's nothing to do. Luckily, mm -hmm. I've got some things that are running right now. And uh, we did the, the internet thing that was done with Zoom and um, your iPhone. Mm -hmm. So everything was done that way. I was really surprised that it came out as good as it did. <laughs> you know. Hey, we'd be grateful for the few avenues that we have. Ab absolutely. Absolutely. And I think artists, we have to be political at some point. We have to because we have the ear. We have a platform. And as African-American artists, it is, our, it is our duty to speak on what's going on. And hopefully you can do it in a way that's entertaining. Very well said. Getting, uh, going back to acting, let's a little serious topic of discussion. Um, you were actually in Final Destination 2 in 2003, I believe it was? Yes, I was. How did that come about? <laughs> I'm going to give you the same answer. I auditioned for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Had you had any prior interest in being in a horror movie or no, horror in like general? I don't like horror movies. I don't like scary movies. I don't ah. watch shit. I don't go. Then how in the hell did you end up in Final Destination, bro? Probably asking himself that same question. <laughs> you know exactly how I ended up. They paid me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at, at the end of the day, uh, you got to eat. I'm an actor. What you need? <laughs> you know, Was you know. there... <laughs> was there anything that you uh, found that you enjoyed in doing horror? I mean, I don't think you, you know, as far as I'm aware, you haven't done another horror movie since that one. No, I have not. <laughs> that movie, I really liked the cast and the director. We had a lot of fun. He was real easy. And I like, I, I don't like tension. I don't like um, stress on set. I don't like directors that holler and scream. And, you know, I don't like that. Because then it, it, I can't focus on what I need to do. But this director, I can't remember his name, but he was really cool. And I asked him, why did he hire me? He said, well, you know, you came into the audition. You know, had a black sweater on. You had your chain on. You know, <laughs> it was really cool. And I thought, you know, that would work. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. You got the part because you were cool. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, get in where you fit in. Hey, man, auditioning is so subjective, you never know what it is. Never. It could be the fact that you got on a red sweater today. She don't like red, so you got X'd out right away. You know, wow. you got glasses on. The character doesn't wear glasses. You get X'd out right away. Just little stuff, you know. Once again, benefits for doing, like, audio and voiceover work. They because They don't care what you look like. That's it. <laughs> you sound like a million bucks, and you're in there. It don't matter what. I've hired, I've hired plenty of people that way. I prefer that, actually. Just send me a VO and let me work through it. And if I like you, I'll email them back. That's it. I love doing voiceover work. You don't have to get dressed up. You don't got to put makeup on. There's mm -hmm. hair. There's Sit in my closet, <laughs> talking to Kratos in my closet. Come on. <laughs> you, you roll out of bed, show up, you know, where's my lines? Mm -hmm. Do your shit and go home. <laughs> <laughs> out of all of the, the voiceover roles that you have done, um, is there any, you know, other than Kratos that stand out, you know, and including Kratos among your favorites? Um, I like Mace. And, um... Not Afro Samurai. Is it Afro Samurai? See, I, I, I did a, a voiceover for mm -hmm. a animation, um, I want to say. Afro Samurai in 2007? Is it Afro Samurai? I can't remember. Okay. I'm on your IMDB. It says. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah, he was he was cool. I like Kuma him. in 2007. Holy shit. You were Kuma? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like I watched that and I was, you know, it's been a while, granted, but I'm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, an another little personal anecdote. I'm sorry, you know, and guys, stop me if I, you know, become obnoxious. With this. Um, I did not realize when I played the first two God of War games that you were the voice of Kratos. The only time I actually, it, it dawned on me, and it didn't really dawn on me, I was watching the bonus DVD that came with the second game where they had, you know, recordings of you in the audio booth, and I was like, holy shit, that's Kyle Barker. <laughs> 
I'm like, wait a minute, how does that, you know, commanding, you know, do what I say or I'll murder you voice come, come you know, you were a Wall Street banker and living single and then all of a sudden you are the god of war. It's like, well, you know, it's, it's, I can only say that if, when you're an actor, you just do what they put in front of you and you try to, the whole, um, the whole gig is to embody who this person is, not who you are, but who this person is. Um, so I'm hoping that I was able to do that, um, you know, with these characters, because that's my goal is to not really for you to see me, but for you to see them. So for you to not know it's me was, is great. It's great that you don't, you don't. I'm relieved that you said that. Cause I was like, I don't know if I want to tell him that or not. Cause I don't, I can, uh, I can assure you, we like, as you probably already noticed, we will nerd out over certain things. And they're just <laughs> what I like to call like the playground pantheon. It's when I was in school, you know, with elementary school and stuff, it was Schwarzenegger versus Stallone. And you had your, your pantheon of the badasses on the playground. American Ninja comes out and you're playing Metal Gear and, you know, Solid Snake is the shit and stuff. And Liu Kang, who we talked with not too long ago, it's just these people that rule the playground. And I mean, you are in that pantheon. So yeah, <laughs> what you did with your voice, as innocuous as it may seem, or, you know, just like, oh, I just did some voice work or whatever. It just really got a hammer home like, like, if case you don't know just what you actually mean for people, the archetype I mentioned before that Kratos was a he was a modern day Conan. It's it's that archetype. It is. A, I mean, and I'm not even getting philosophical with it. Other than that, for guys, we need a strong male role model. We need that archetype. Now, <laughs> granted, Kratos isn't exactly the type of role model you want at the beginning but then again for good a mature he's got a good heart though he's got a good for heart. a mature player say, it's that <laughs> character you need that character arc because when you see what he does and that redemption story in the hero it's just we don't get that you don't see that in a lot of media and so just so you realize whether you think you were just spitting some lines and just getting paid yeah you were but <laughs> you understand what you mean to a lot of people it's uh, just your voice can snap people right it's like ask kratos <laughs> the first time i went to a comic-con convention i got it i didn't really good understand it till i went to, to comic-con i was like I mean, this girl had me sound her tit. Wow. <laughs> you know, her, 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 <laughs> All right. right. I was like, really? She said, yeah. Bam. Do not <laughs> underestimate the devotion that God of War fans carry. Yeah. You like the new game? Actually, I was about to touch on that with you. Um, I love it. I'll, I'll, te I'll tell you my opinion, but first, I'd, I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. <laughs> now, I'm not going to make any, you know, ifs, ands, or buts about it. When I discovered that you would not be reprising the role, I went through some emotions bordering on uh, morose uh, grief. I did, too. <laughs> <laughs> I <did> okay, <laughs> then uh, we can, we then we're in solidarity with each other. Um, and I'm sh I'm sure you know I've I've read some stuff that had come out, and but for anybody that doesn't know, can you enlighten us as to why the hell they felt the need not to uh, let you, allow you to reprise the role of Kratos? Here's the thing: video games have morphed from voiceover to motion capture. Yes, and Kratos is a big guy. Mm -hmm. And before they had to hire two people, they hired the actor to do the motion capture and they hired me for the voice. With Chris Judge, they got somebody that was close enough to my voice and that's big. So he could do the motion capture. I wish that Sony had just told me oh. instead of having it happen the way it happened. Because no. I, understand, I understand that. That makes sense to me. The, um, no, I'm, it, you know, I'm a little it? guy. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 100... 75, 165 pounds, 5'11". I'm a little dude. Well, see, the, the hard part, to, that's true, but the hard part of me to accept that was, and correct me if I'm wrong, but for God of War Ascension, the last game on the PlayStation 3, you did motion capture. Yeah, I did. Apparently, it wasn't good enough. <laughs> well, again, and no disrespect to you and your performance, I, but out of the God of War games, that one is definitely the, uh, I don't know if I can say this anymore, red-haired stepchild of the series. And I say that as a diehard fan who spent the $100 on the collector's edition, so... Um, <laughs> Wow. And and played it twice and suffered through the multiplayer. Uh, my dedication to the game series is deep. And and again, nothing to uh nothing to Mr. Judge. Um, he's uh I'm not really familiar with uh. He's good people too. Nice guy. I'm not familiar with you know. I know he's been in Star uh one of the Stargate TV series. I'm not familiar. And I have fan you know friends that are you know fans of his. Nothing uh nothing against his performance. I felt like he definitely honored the role. It was very difficult for me as a fan of God of War to see it continue because the way that the story played out, even if you count the the two handheld games that came out, they still added to the lore and. 
when God of War 3 ended, it, it felt like, you know, it ended like it should have. It was like a modern day Greek tragedy because Kratos, you know, whether he, you can make the argument he destroyed the world, you can make the argument he saved the world. But ultimately, the great tragedy was is that he was, although he had been forgiven by the gods and maybe even by the shades of his wife and child, he was unable to forgive himself. And that's the greatest tragedy. I mean, that's literally the definition of Greek tragedy. Um, so when they announced the new game, I was just kind of like, like, I did <laughs> well they knew they had my money they knew they had my money but I was I was upset because I was like Kratos' story is done and if you want to carry on they went to Scandinavia so you're in a new locale you have a new voice actor you know it's a new game on a new console why not just a new character let you know for lack of a better term Kratos has etched his bloody place in you know popular culture let the man rest okay that yeah, being said good. that being said you know um i played the new game and i thoroughly enjoyed it the gameplay <laughs> is good it's a beautiful game one of the big selling points and you know spoiler alert for anybody that might be listening who hasn't played it i'm not gonna lie when uh you i when you reach the point in the game where he uh goes back to his house and unveils the blades of chaos i'm not going to lie i got slightly emotional i was just like the, the blades are there this is they have not forsaken the greek era completely um <laughs> neither I mean, did he yes that's true that he wasn't completely done either he kept the weapons too so and i that being said i'm i'm trying to be i'm making an effort to be positive about the, the future of the series uh <laughs> that being said i am not a fan of how the game ended and where they're trying to take it it's i feel like you know this this game should have if you again if you want to continue the the franchise and the name great but you know, let us get a new character. Kratos has earned his rest. Let him, you know, you know, hang it up, you know, for lack of a better term. It's not that I don't want to see him, but again, you know, this man went through so much. And uh, again, your performance, you know, really not only brought the character to life, but again, helped to carve that place into popular culture. I mean, obviously it, it, it made an impact on me because, you know, it's in my skin. <laughs> You know, you I, should uh, say it's a badass tattoo. <laughs> my uh, my back piece is a uh, I'm an Aries. You know, go figure. That's funny. Um, but my back piece is a uh, a ram. But in his mouth are the blades of chaos, and in between the blades of chaos, I have an omega symbol in like a red Greek pottery style, and there's a small image of Kratos in the center. Oh wow! That's so a yeah, tattoo. yeah. I uh, <laughs> somehow I haven't somehow I have not spent over seven hundred dollars on this piece, and I plan to do more to it. So um, he's a big dude. <laughs> yeah, that he is. <laughs> uh, at five six, I uh, I disagree, but uh, you know, I do what I can. So tell me. I, we should leave the floor to you then. I mean, That's is there it. anything that you would like to talk about or anything that, you know, like we haven't touched on that? Is there anything we've touched on that, you know, or anything we haven't touched on that you'd like to bring up or? No, I mean, I think we've, we've talked about a lot of things, um, more so than I would normally talk about in an interview, which was kind of cool, actually. Um, yeah, man, I just, I just hope that people during this time period, again, artists are important. And I hope people understand that our work right now is very tenuous. So anything you can do to help artists right now at this time period, I think people should do. You know, when you see people doing a, 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 was a YouTube concert or Instagram concert and they have the little donation button, donate some money, $5, $10, it helps them. You know, it helps us eat. It helps us pay our bills because we're not, most times we're independent contractors, so we don't get unemployment. Mm. get those things you know so all these little things that artists are trying to do to make money if you can help support them support them. so where can people find you if they wanted to buy something to donate something give us some places to go to or somewhere so sell us something <laughs> <laughs> well all my music is online right now um itunes cd baby um any streaming service you can find it just tc carson and you'll find it. um instagram is official tc carson Twitter is TC Carson. Um, YouTube is TC Carson. <laughs> you put in TC Carson, you'll probably see somebody first, but then you'll see me. <laughs> and then Good you enough. can get in touch with me. All that, everything is on those platforms. Publicist information, agent information, all that stuff is there. Um, and I, I love when people get in touch with me to talk to me. I love, you know, when my fans reach out and ask questions and stuff. So, you know, hit me up. 
So I just want to I just want to make sure that saying that so you know when all this stuff is over and you might have another concert in Atlanta and you know let's say you know two years if you know some guy shows up wearing a God of War shirt and has some you know stuff that wants signed you know it's gonna be me so yeah definitely okay so just don't don't look at me weird because I will bring this up and be like no man we were on a podcast come on you know I'm gonna be there holding me back from rushing the stage or anything so don't worry you'll probably have to console me from crying. <laughs> TC, feel free to tell me just to go to hell. But before we before we let you go, is it possible if I type something in the chat, you could give us give us a little Kratos? Sure. He uses a voice bumper. Sure, for you. Get in character and we'll just be quiet. Carson, you're gonna hear a grown man cry. I will not take up. We will not take up any of any more more of your time, man. But like seriously, this has been a complete honor. Thank oh, you so much. I uh, I'll be in touch about the audio drama stuff. So one of these days, you're gonna get a random email from some dude, and I'll probably be like, I had long haired dude that we chatted with in the podcast. Guy in the but, closet. <laughs> I'm, that's it. I'm the dude in the closet. <laughs> do me PC. Hit me the way you all got me to do this. Just reach through them, and I'll make sure I get it. It has been a supreme honor. Thank you so much. Look, Thanks, you take brother. care of yourself, all right, man? You as well. Y'all be safe, all right? All right Thank you, gentlemen. If, if you need anything, you holler at us. actor, and the voice of the true god of war, Mr. <laughs> T.C. Carson. Thank you. This has been a dream come true for me personally. Oh, thank you, brother. Thank you, you all man. have a great rest of your night, okay? Take care of yourself. Thank you, man. Right. You too. We got to straighten up this recording. You have a good evening. All right, peace. Madness and magic.